Hey guys, Guru Mike Pan of the Binding Warrior Podcast. Today is your Mindset Monday episode of the week. So in this episode, I want to talk about a situation that happened to me. Uh, and my wife was here, was actually present for the situation uh, this past Friday night um, as we entered the weekend. Um, and I think it's important to talk about because it's something that I feel my martial arts students in Binding Warrior Martial Arts, as well as any of the listeners who may not train with me, but want to live that warrior lifestyle, uh, who, are, who aim to be true, righteous men, uh, need to hear. All right, and I spoke to uh, a group of my students the day after this incident occurred, um, and I spoke to my family about it the day after it occurred. So I think I've, I'm kind of in a place where I can kind of process what happened um, and give you the story fully and some of the lessons I gleaned from it. So basically, uh, my wife and my brother actually they share a common birthday. Uh, yesterday, August seven, August sorry, August fifteen rather. Um, Sunday, they actually celebrated their birthday together. And because it was their birthday weekend, uh, my brother had a interesting idea. He wanted to uh, attend this concert. It was a pop concert uh, called Pop 2K uh, in a town called The Colony in Texas. And uh, it was hosted by Lance Basserman saying, if you guys are 90s kids, you probably know what that name is and who that guy is. But uh, basically, it was like all these like boy bands from the 90s. So LFO was there, O-Town, all these things. And I am not a fan of O-Town or LFO. <laughs> I think Brian Cabrera, if you remember that guy's name um, from the early 2000s, he was there too. Uh, my wife wanted to go. And uh, my brother wanted to go. So I decided, okay, listen, I'm, I'm going to go with him, right? Uh, even though it's not my thing, I'm going to go with him. And uh, my wife and her two friends, their uh, pair of sisters, uh, attended alongside of us, right? And the, it's, it's a pop concert, right? So you're not thinking, I'm not thinking anyway, that anything really could happen. I mean, it's a boy band concert. Like what kind of, what kind of uh, threats or ominous threats could possibly take place aside from maybe like an active shooter or something like that? So uh, my our guard is always up. I'm on, always on this, you know, uh, sincere and significant security mode, always everywhere I am. But it was interesting to see what happened and kind of unfolded next. So basically, we're standing there in the front row because we got there early. Uh, it wasn't really a big audience or anything like that at the beginning. And uh, I'm standing there and I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't want to be here right now. You know, I'm doing this for my wife, you know, just suck it up. And I noticed the, one, of my, one of my wife's friends uh, one of the, the, uh, the girls that came with us, she is a very uh, kind and shy girl, very sweet girl, uh, very quiet type of girl. And she was standing next to this man, or I'm going to call him a man. There was a male standing there with his, uh, lady, I suppose. And he, he kept moving in her space, into her personal space. And I noticed this and I was not far away. I was probably within maybe six feet of when this was happening because we were all standing in a group. But I think I was far enough away that he didn't notice I was there. So he kept kind of taking her space and stepping in front of her, moving around or pushing her, shoving her over with his shoulder. And I noticed this and he started using, and I'm trying to keep this very family friendly, this podcast, because I know that I have middle school students who listen to this podcast. But basically, I'm going to give you the, uh, the uh, I guess the PG-13 rated version right now. He turns to her and starts pushing her and says, don't effing touch me. And he says the word, uh, well, it's a B word. <laughs> and he starts pushing, I don't, I'm going to give an F who you are. And he starts getting in her face. And my wife notices this and she tries to break it up. And he looks at my wife and gets pissed off at my wife. So now it's on, right? So I look at this guy and I get right in his face. I put my hands up in uh, what we call in uh, our martial arts group, we call it a hands up ready posture. Basically it's a combative posture, but my hands are open. 
and I'm, I'm ready to do whatever needs to be done at this point because now not only is he insulted and berated and uh, you know got physically aggressive in her space with my female friend he is now turning that attention toward my wife and so in my mind it's on right and so I get in the guy's face I put my hands right in his face I'm in my my, uh, my hands up ready posture ready to do whatever and I look right at him I say firmly to him I say we're good right you need to calm down we'll be good right if you calm down I say that right to him and immediately this guy changes from a total d-bag to this girl acting all you know tough swearing at her using his height because he was a pretty tall guy height to intimidate her and his size to intimidate her to a complete coward because I got in his face about it and I was trying to de-escalate but I'll be honest this guy if he did do something it would have been completely warranted for me to utilize whatever for level of force I needed to to subdue him uh, because he was now turning that attention toward my wife and so this guy immediately became went from being hundred percent aggressive to super apologetic right away like went from thinking he was a big lion to now he is a tiny kitty cat I was gonna say another word that begins with a P but this is a family friendly podcast I try to keep it that way so you guys can fill it in that blank on if you want but so this guy started getting really apologetic and he started apologizing so I stood right in front of him and I didn't budge and I could sense that he didn't want any part of what I was about to give him he could sense it and if you're a man uh, you know what this is like if you're a real man okay you know from experience what it's like when another man wants to fight you and when another man doesn't want to fight you I could sense from this guy that he didn't want to fight um, I'll be totally honest. I wanted to because he got in, he was getting aggressive in the direction of my wife and I was ready. I wasn't angry at him, but I was ready because this is a guy who clearly likes to bully women. And that's just not something you do with me. That's just not something I'll accept. If you decide to berate and verbally assault or get physical with a woman in my presence, you're going to hear from me. So... I stood right next to the guy the entire time and he turned around and I could sense that he was scared. But I stood there, I stood my ground. And I stood right in between him, physically in between him and the girl. And we were all shoulder to shoulder because it was a concert, right? People started crowding in. And so the guy kept apologizing to me and his woman or started started uh, rolling her eyes. I'm like, oh my gosh, he, he thought he was so tough. My man thought he was so tough. And now look at him. He's being such a coward right now. So. Fortunately for this guy, unfortunately for me, it didn't turn to violence. And again, if you know me personally, I have it in me to fight, but I always try to de-escalate. I always try to because it's not legally worth it to get into that kind of legal hassle. Um, it's also not, it doesn't create a good image for myself or my group if I get into a fight. That being said, I believe a man should always be ready to fight. Especially if, it's a guy's, if a guy's getting physically aggressive. Especially in the midst of my wife. Toward my wife. So let's talk about some lessons that we can glean from this. And some of the lessons that I talk to my students about. I'm not going to go through all of it because it's a lot. I actually taught an entire class on this the day after this incident occurred. On um, you know some things that you could do when you have to walk away. What if you have to do if you have to control somebody without hurting them. What if you have to escalate the level of force. All these different things. Because there's a lot of ways this could have played out. right? Because the thing is a lot of people think that martial arts. Like the, the parameters of the martial arts is how the fight will go down. And the problem is, is that if you're not trained in a realistic fighting system, if you're not trained to really actually encounter real violence, it's easy to get, kind of get caught up within the parameters and the walls of our respective styles. The cool thing about the systems that I've trained in, particularly Atienza Kali, 
is that it really trains you to recognize violence right away. And that you, we have means of uh, knowing and recognizing violence, so we never have to fight. Because they, my teachers have seen it before, and they educate us in how to observe and educate us in how to, uh, how, how to basically uh, practice the art of fighting without fighting. And as effective as the martial arts that I've trained in are, um, the, true, the true teachers, my, my, my teachers, in Atienza Kali, have been very instrumental in teaching me the importance of de-escalating violence, the importance of recognizing problems before they arise so you can walk away. But I'll be totally frank, and I'll be totally transparent, there was a side of me that wanted to fight this guy. But there was a lot of lessons I learned as this process was going on. One, again, I started thinking about tactical things, strategic things. Uh, what, would this, what would I do if this guy drew a weapon? What would I do if this guy took a swing? What, if I do, what do I do if this guy does a, a double leg takedown, tries to charge me? Whatever. I had those things in my head, but I also had things in my head of how to protect my wife. Right? Well, how to protect these girls. You know, where are my exits? A lot of this stuff comes from my Atienza Kali training, so I'm so grateful and so thankful in this moment that I didn't have to do anything physical to this guy. I just had the confidence and the presence of mind to know what to do in case something happened. And because of that, I didn't act out of line. I didn't act like most guys would act. Like when most guys are brought within that situation, they just start swinging or they start shoving right away. For me, I was trained and I have been trained to have self-control and to have self-awareness, right? To understand how my emotions are, are affecting a situation. And so even though there was a side of me that wanted this guy to take a swing, I also had the presence of mind to know that it wasn't the right thing to do. Because one, this guy was scared e- immediately. And because of that, I was able to deescalate the situation immediately. So I think this is the one of the things that I learned. Even if a guy may deserve this, and, I, and the people around us that observed this happening, um, said, hey, man, if you, if you dropped that dude, we wouldn't have been mad at you. <laughs> but I said, listen, it's better for both of us. It's better for both of us. It's better for both parties that no violence occurs. Uh, because this guy was clearly apologetic, and he's a coward, and I don't really gain anything from beating up a coward, right? Um, unless he's actually doing something physical towards, towards someone that's smaller than him. Um, and he was kind of on that precipice, but he didn't go all the way with it, and he immediately stopped when a real man got in his face. Right. So the first thing I learned from this scenario is that one, you have the presence of mind, right? And the training is important because it keeps you calm to have presence of mind to de-escalate. It sounds ironic, but the truth is, is that we train to face violence so often as martial artists that we forget that the true purpose of martial arts is to not fight. It sounds like a paradox and it is, but it's a paradox that keeps us all in a positive state. By learning how to fight, I know how not to, how to walk away, how to de-escalate, right? And I also know that I don't, I know what I'm capable of. I don't want to hurt somebody if I don't absolutely need to. That's the first thing I learned. Second thing I learned was that true men don't belittle women and true men protect women. Weak, cowardly men belittle women because they think they can get away with it until a real man steps up. Um, And real men should be capable of fighting. They should be capable of fighting. It doesn't mean they have to fight. It just means they're capable of it. All right? It means that they're they're willing to do what is necessary if the uh, situation presents itself. But it's not a mandatory thing, right? They know what to do. All right? So I would say that. I I would say that the second thing I learned was that what it means to be a man in that scenario right um there's this guy i met a few years ago and his name escapes me uh we had a very just a brief uh series of encounters training with each other getting to know each other but i haven't seen the guy in almost a decade but the guy said something very powerful to me he said a true man 
is someone that possesses the strength to hurt a person and has the ability to do so, but chooses not to, right? That's a true man. And I think in this scenario, I try to live up to that. And I'm not perfect, right? Uh, but I know that that one statement after this scenario occurred, that was one of the statements that actually came to my mind, right? So knowing that I could have hurt this person, but decided not to, I think that is a lesson in, in, uh, in manhood for me, because I'm always on this journey to be a better man. And I think that is how I try to approach it. And the thing is, this guy clearly likes to bully women. And I feel sorry for the lady that he was with. I really do. Um, I, I, I seriously do. Um, and the thing is, is that if you are a man listening to this and you see something like this happening to another woman, especially someone you know, don't just stand there. I think the problem is, is that a lot of guys, we've been raising a generation to, you know, not be aggressive. And the thing is, you can't be always aggressive, right? There, there's a, you can't be a default setting, right? You can't just go aggressive all the time. I, I used to run on that formula as a kid because uh, I thought that is what strength meant, just being aggressive and being angry and just going through things and barging through situations. But that's not masculine mature strength, right? A masculine mature strength is based in self-control. It's power that is controlled. And when you hear in the Bible, uh, the meek shall inherit the earth, that's really what comes to my mind. You know, the word meek, actually, a lot of people think meek is like someone who's shy and obedient and whatever. But the ancient, the original term that Christ was using was that of a stallion. So the process of meeking or a meek horse or a meek stallion was uh, the, the act of training stallions for battle, war horses for battle. And a war horse had to be courageous enough to run into battle with swords and arrows and everything, all the blood and uh, combat flying around them, but they had to be self-controlled so they didn't go off the handle to injure the rider. And so meekness is strength under control. And that's really what a real man is supposed to do. This guy had none of it. And once he faced a man who was ready, and he could sense it, I could sense that this guy knew I was ready. Um, not angry at him, I was not angry at him, not a bit. Even though he was getting in my wife's face and doing all these things, I wasn't angry at him. I was just ready, and he could sense it. And the moment I got in his face, and I got into his space, and I made it clear that it wasn't gonna be accepted, he stopped, right? And he became a little tiny kitty cat. There's a word that begins with a P. You can fill that in if you want to. Um, but he, that's what happened. So um, that's the second thing I learned. The third thing I learned is that I have, it's always important for us martial artists, especially those of us who train hard all the time, like myself. The goal is to get home at the end of the day, right? And a lot of people take that as, oh, that means you got to destroy all the opponents in your path. You got to win the fight. In reality, we want to go home to our loved ones at the end of the day, meaning it's not about just winning a fight, right? It's not about beating the guy up to a pulp. What it comes down to is walking away so that I can come home to my boys at the end of the day. And that's, it kind of goes back to the first point, you know, being able to deescalate, being able to be aware of the signs of violence. If you're part of a true martial arts system, a true warrior system, you'll know the sign, it teaches you the signs of violence before it happens, right? If you're in a sports system, if you're in a traditional system, usually you don't see those things. You don't learn those signs, right? So it helps that I am a father, I'm a husband, I don't want to get into a fight because I want to be there for my boys. I don't want to get arrested. And this is the thing most martial arts don't talk about. And I think this is really important. We need to come home at the end of the day. Often that means walking away from a fight, even if you may want to, even if you think it's justified, even if it is justified. Like, I don't think, again, anyone would have stopped me because whoever was witnessing this thing clearly knew. <laughs> 
that this wasn't a good scenario, right, for this guy, and he kind of asked for it, right? But that's not what I'm about, right? Um, I want to get home to my kids, and I think if you're a martial artist, you have to remember that. Just because you can beat someone up doesn't mean you should, <laughs> right? And I was in that scenario on Friday night. I was in that scenario. And um, in that small span of time, I would think the entire situation took three minutes max, possibly. There were so many lessons gleaned. And I'm sharing this with you, not to brag, not to show you how tough I am or anything like that, or how Carol, even how cowardly this guy was. It's to divulge these lessons, right? Because I think I went through this lesson to share it with you so that you know how to go into the week. If you're a real man, you know how to be strong and not hurt those weaker than you. And true men are willing to step into the gap in between cowardly men looking to hurt people smaller than them. All right. And, you know, people who can't defend themselves. Right. And so I think this is important. Um, and you should be training constantly. If you're, especially if you're a man listening, maybe you have a wife, maybe you have kids. You need to train constantly. It's not good enough to be just a good man. You need to be a, a capable man. You need to be a man that's willing and able to protect and fight if necessary. But because of that, you also know how to de-escalate. And it's in learning how to fight that you learn not to fight. Again, it sounds paradoxical, but it's important. The harder I train, the more I recognize that I do not want to fight. <laughs> Unless I absolutely have to. And I'll be honest, there's a side of me that wanted this guy to try to fight me. I'll be honest, that's like the guy in me, right? The man in me. I was like, okay, do something about it. All right, you're getting my wife's face, do something. But the thing is, I recognized in that moment as I was, as I was feeling that, there was a side of me that went, you know what, this guy doesn't want this. And in fact, this guy isn't even capable of it. He's not. So again, train so hard that you have strength under control and train so hard that you know how to de-escalate violence before it happens. All right, guys. So I hope this podcast inspired you. Take care. God bless and be the hero in your life.